0: Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Hello everyone, my name is Clint Schwartz, I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for coming today. And should we just praise God for air conditioning? Come on, right? <laughs> Now, just a show of hands, though. We're trying to get the temperature right here. How many feel it's too cold in here right now? All right. How many feel it's too hot? <laughs> and how many, how many would say uh, it's just right? Here we got. OK, so we're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're not quite there yet. Um, hey, I wanted to welcome Ben and Christy, Kit, and baby Caleb. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Wake up, Caleb. I'm right back, right here. Caleb was born, uh, is it, how long has it been now? 10 days days ago. 10 days ago. So thanks for helping us to grow the church. I appreciate it. Now, that's a lesson for the rest of you, just so you know. If you're married, if you're married. All right. Hey, if you're new at the church, um, we have a newcomer's lunch next Sunday right after service. I would love to have you come and and hang out with us. It's a free lunch, and it's an opportunity to meet some of our leaders, uh, get to know the church a little bit bit more. And then uh, we'll also talk about the kind of the mission and vision and values of the church and and talk about ways to get plugged in. So again, if you're new or you haven't been to a newcomer's lunch, you are invited. Make sure you come. Uh, If you would, though, register online at our website or stop by the Welcome Center and uh, let us know that you're coming. So, right now, we are in a series for the summer called Good Advice, Godly Wisdom from the Book of Proverbs. And it's a series through the Book of Proverbs, which contains incredible wisdom. So, we're going to be hoping as a church to become more wise through this summer. And last, or actually two weeks ago, Rose taught a message called Hidden Treasure Pursuing a Life of Wisdom. And it was all about how we can find wisdom. The week before that, we talked about why wisdom is better than information. And then Rose spent some time talking about how we can actually attain wisdom. And her two points were, each of us can have wisdom when we ask God for it and listen for it. And if you missed that message, uh, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that online on our website, or you can download the podcast. And through this summer series, I'm encouraging the entire church to be active in reading the book of Proverbs. Now, the cool thing is that, is that there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and there's 31 days in August, and there's 31 days in July. And so all we're asking you to do is to read the proverb of the day. So for example, today's the 21st, so we would be reading chapter 21. So I just encourage you, get into uh, a routine of reading the Bible, and you can just join us uh, this summer by reading in the book of Proverbs. So, today, though, I'd like to start by asking the question Have you ever thought something was a good idea and then later realized that you were completely wrong? Completely wrong. Yeah, show of hands, right? We've all kind of been there. Well, I, I found this video on Facebook this week of a gentleman who really thought this was a good idea, but I think he thinks otherwise now. Go ahead and watch this video. You know, so <laughs> kissing a turtle, kissing a turtle is probably not a good idea, right? I mean, it's his pet turtle. He thought I could just kiss it like I could kiss my dog, but it's different. There's something different about that. I'm guessing that what he thought was a good idea, he no longer thinks is a very good idea. I remember a time when I was in college, and I had this really good idea. I had a 1978 Volvo 240. And as I drove it, it just kept breaking down. And since it was a Volvo, the parts were like 10 times everything else. And since I was in college, I didn't have much money. And so it was killing me to drive this car. So uh, I went ahead and decided to take it in and trade it in on a newer, uh, hopefully more dependable American car. That was, that was, and I think that was an okay idea. Where I ran into problems was I went into this used uh, car lot and I talked to the sales guy, and I was like, I'm just going to believe the sales guy. That was the idea because, I mean, he's a professional. He knows more about cars than I do, and this guy looked like he was honest. I mean, so I just trusted him that he would give me a good car at a good deal, and so I drove away from that uh, car lot in this 1986 Ford Escort. You guys know that was the first problem, right? But, uh, but it was, it, was, it drove nice as I left the parking lot and, and went home. But when I first experienced the, a problem was when I was on the highway. So I got it up to like 60, 65 miles an hour, and then it just started to shimmer and shake, you know? And so I'd have to back it down to like 55, and then I would take it back up, and it would just start shaking again. I, so I took it in. I said, it must be out of alignment. Took it into a mechanic, and the mechanic said, oh, no, your, your frame is bent. Uh, it's just all messed up and it had been in an accident. And this honest sales guy didn't tell me this, you know? And he said, There's nothing you can do with it. So I had to live with this car that just kind of bounced along the road anytime I got it up to like 60, 65 miles an hour. Well, that was one problem. But then the next summer, I hit the AC button. You know, the little light came on, and hot air just kept on coming out. I'm like, what's wrong with the AC? It must need to be charged or something. So I took it to a friend of mine who knew something about cars. And he popped the hood and looked in there. And he said, ah, I see your problem. I said, what's that? Well, it doesn't have a belt for the AC, uh, but it doesn't have a compressor either. It's missing everything. And so this car must have been in a pretty bad accident where it messed up the AC, so they just, just took it out. And nobody told me that. But I really thought that trusting this sales guy was a good idea. And I learned later on that it wasn't such a good idea. Um, And in life, I believe that that we can really think that we are doing something right or that what we believe is, is true and right and that this is a really good idea, and then later realize that we were wrong. Sometimes we can realize really quickly um, anybody seen the show Judge Judy? Yeah? Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily a fan of the show, but I've watched it a couple of times. And I'll tell you, when I'm watching it, the first person will give their story, and I'm like, oh, you are so right, and that other person is so bad. We need to send them to jail, you know, make them pay a $1,000, whatever. You know how you, you do that? You hear that person, and then the defendant states their case, and within seconds, I'm flipped, my mind is like changed. I'm like, oh, maybe you're right, and I you and you, know, you just all of a sudden you can have your mind changed so quickly. There's a scripture that says in Proverbs 18, 17, In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right, until someone comes forward and cross-examines. See, we can be completely convinced that we are right and find out later on that we were completely wrong. And sometimes it causes a little bit of pain, like when I bought this car that wasn't such a good deal. But there are bigger decisions in our lives that we can't afford to think we're right and really be wrong. For example, the person we're gonna marry one day. That can't be, we can't be wrong on that decision. That's a major decision. We don't wanna be wrong on that. Or where we're gonna live. You know, we're trying to make a decision where we're gonna live that's an important decision. You don't want to be wrong as to which location you're going to choose or maybe even um, the job that you're going to take, whether you should stay where you're at or take a new job. You don't want to be wrong on that decision. So even when we are fully convinced that we are right, how do we know that we really are right? And today I'm going to try to answer that question. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs. And we're really only going to be reading just one verse. You can turn to chapter 14 if you want. And by studying this verse, I hope that we can try to answer this question of how do we avoid making a major mistake? How do we really make the right decision and avoid disaster? So it's chapter 14, verse 12. One thing I love about Proverbs is that just one verse can bring out so much. You notice that when you're reading through it. Sometimes you just have to stop and read just one verse. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Uh, I like how it's translated as well in the NLT. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. And then in the message, it says, there's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to hell, a path that looks harmless enough. Well, today's message is titled, Spiritual Deception, Avoiding the Destructive Path. And I think we all want to avoid the destructive paths in our life. I'm going to give you a couple of points from the scripture and and some other supporting scriptures to help us to do that. But let me pray, and then we'll get started. So God, we come to you. And Lord, man, every day we are faced with decisions. Some are small. Some are major, Lord. And we can be convinced that. One way is correct, but Lord, we need your wisdom. We need you to help us out to make the right decision, Father. So I pray that today, through this message, you would speak to our hearts and our minds and just adjust whatever needs to be adjusted. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like a couple of points. Number one. We can avoid the destructive path by accepting that we might be wrong. Accepting that we just might be wrong. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right. It looks right, but it's not. It's not right. Anyone here besides myself struggle with admitting when you're wrong? Okay, you bunch of liars, I tell you. Man, I tell you, it is hard for me to admit that I am wrong. And there are times, in fact, when even when I, I know that I'm wrong, I try to convince myself that I'm right. Anyone there? You've been there where you're just like convincing yourself that this decision is right. An example that comes to my mind, there are times when I'm watching my calories, actually counting my calories, trying not to just you know, blow up uh, physically. So I'm just trying to watch what I eat. And then my family says, hey, How about going out to Hacienda? Let's just go to Hacienda. I'm like, oh man, Hacienda's of the devil. Did you see those chips? You know, just something about those chips. And a basket of chips has like a billion calories, just so y'all know. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm watching what I'm eating, but okay, we'll go to Hacienda, but I'm just going to eat three chips. I'm just going to eat. Three chips. And I can do this. I know I can do this, right? I've never done it in the past, but I convinced myself this time I'm just going to eat three chips. And I go to Hacienda and I eat the three chips in like one bite, you know, and three baskets later, I am so full and they deliver my food and I'm looking at that going, well, I got to eat that too, you know, and so you shove that down and I roll out to my car, you know, (laughs) after we finish eating and I'm just like, what happened? I, I was planning on only eating three chips. But I knew better. I had convinced myself of something that wasn't true. Uh, another example, a few years ago, I was watching a high school football game. And I was watching the game. And I'd been running a little bit. And I thought, you know, with a little more training, I could, I could probably still do that. You know, I, I, I was wrong, obviously. But I was just convinced. I was like, I think I could probably still play football again. And um, our, our high school actually had an alumni game, you know, a high school alumni game. And they sent us like the practice schedule for it and stuff. So it's a bunch of old people playing, a bunch of old people and people getting broken, you know, in the middle of it. And I was like, I think I, I think I might be able to do this. And Rose looks, looks at me and goes, what are you thinking? You know, thank God for my wife, Rose, that she talk me out of that one cuz I don't think I could have done that. As much as I thought I could, I now look at it and go there was no way I could have played that and actually not broken something or tore something or whatever. But we can talk ourselves into just about anything. I'm convinced of this. But how about you? Not just me. Anyone ever gone shopping and said I'm just going to go in, buy that one shirt that's on sale and I'm going to walk out. And then you come out with a, you know, bags and bags of clothing. Or You're watching Netflix, and it's past your bedtime. The episode ends, and you're like, man, I should go to bed. It's getting late. I got to work tomorrow. And it's counting down the next episode. And you go, okay, just, just one more. Just one more. And then next thing you know, the sun is coming up. The roosters are crowing. And it's like, oh, my. I stayed up all night watching Netflix. Now, on a more serious note, I believe that we can also convince ourselves that wrong behaviors are okay as well. I think we can talk ourselves into that. An example for me is uh, there are times when I'm running late to church. And I'm like, well, God wouldn't want me to be late, right? So you just step on it, you know, and you speed all the way here, breaking the speeding limit, speed limit or you know you're watching a movie and it's a questionable movie and and you're like ah oh, I know there's this bad scene so I'm just going to fast forward through it I'm just going to fast forward through it but it comes to that scene and you just end up watching it all the way through you know or it comes time to pay your taxes and you're figuring out what your income was and you have all of these cash payments along the way and you're like Ah, I just tell myself the, what the government doesn't know. Them won't hurt. What the government doesn't know won't hurt them. And so you don't turn that in as part of your income. Or you're at work, and you need some office supplies at home. And so you just take a few things, take it home, and you say, Ah, they're not going to miss that. It's okay. They have plenty. They won't miss it. Now, I've heard this one way too many times when I've done marriage counseling. I've had people come up to me fully convinced, and they say, you know, doesn't God just want me to be happy? And I'm not happy, so it's OK for me to get a divorce. Or, or they say, the kids will be fine. You know, they don't, it's better for us to get divorced than to have the kids grow up with the parents arguing, right? See, I believe that we can convince ourselves of really just about anything. We've probably all heard of the phrase, just listen to your heart. Just listen to your heart. Well, that's really, really bad advice. It's really bad advice. Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful, above all things, and beyond cure. And Proverbs 16, 2 says, all a person's ways seem pure and right. But motives are weighed by the heart. I'm sorry, motives are weighed by the Lord. Our hearts can deceive us because our motives seem pure, but God knows better. Guys, we are all sinners in need of a savior. Each one of us. Paul said it best. Romans 7, verse 19 and 24. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. In verse 24, what a wretched man I am. Paul understood it. We have evil intent many times in our hearts. And we can convince ourselves that it's okay. But let me tell you, we can't trust ourselves. (laughs) We can't trust our hearts, our motives, our opinions, or our feelings. So what can we trust? Who can we trust? See, that takes us into point number two, which says, we can avoid the destructive path by using a standard. We need a standard. We need to understand what is right and wrong. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right. Appears to be right. And how do we know what's right? That word is interpreted as yashar in the Hebrew. It means straight, literally or figuratively. Equity, just, righteous, and upright. There's a way that is right. It reminds me of when I was in high school. I worked construction for my dad. And one summer, we were finishing a house that a builder's trade group had, had built during the school year. A local high school had built this house. And our job was to come in and put a deck on the back, finish it up, put some doors, windows, that kind of thing. And as we were hanging the doors, we realized that they weren't closing quite right. They wouldn't close. And as we hung the windows, they didn't close quite right and open quite right. And, and there were gaps in the trim. and so we've realized that the house wasn't level, and it wasn't square. And it made it really difficult to finish up. See, we can eyeball things and look at them and say, well, that looks good. And that house looked good from the outside. But it wasn't. It needed to be held to a standard. And so I brought in a a level and a square because this is what tells us what's level. Or square. Because we can look and go, yeah, that looks good. But when we put the standard up against it, it lets us know whether or not it's level. And the same thing with a square. You put that up against a corner, and then you know. Because it can look like it's a 90 degree angle. But this doesn't lie. It tells me whether or not it's straight, it's square, and level. Well, in that same way, when we're building a house, we need to have a standard. We need to know what is level, and what is true, and what is square. Spiritually, we have this. We have the Bible. This is our standard. This is what tells us in our lives what is level, what is square, what is right, and what is wrong. And I love this verse. I I found it just this week in my daily reading. Psalms 33.4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. Right and true. It's square. It's even. It's straight. It's level. And I went back and looked at those examples that I I gave earlier of lies that we can believe and kind of convince ourselves of. And I, I held it up to the standard of Scripture. So like, the speeding, it's one of those things when I'm, when I'm reckless and driving in, I know that God has another plan for me. And he reminds me of scriptures like Romans 13.1. that says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established, which includes our local government, our road commission, our police department. I'm supposed to be subject to, to those laws, to those laws. And when I try to justify watching a movie that has sexual, questionable content, scriptures like this come to mind, Matthew 5, 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Even looking at a woman lustfully is considered sin. Just In Scripture, it's the standard. And if I consider to hold back some of my income and and cheat on my taxes, Romans 13, 7 says, give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. And if I'm tempted to take home office supplies, Exodus 20, 15 says, you shall not steal. And guys, it, it is. Even if it's, a dollar worth of supplies. It's still stealing. And if someone is considering divorce, Matthew 5:32 says, but I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. It doesn't say that we can get divorced because we're unhappy. Just because we believe something is right, that doesn't make it right. We need a standard. So let's be honest for a moment. Ask ourselves this question, is there an area in my life where I am deceived? I believe that something is right, and I'm just deceived. So let's just take a moment, if we would, just ask ourselves that question. Ask God to reveal that. I'm going to pray. So Lord, I pray. That if there's an area in my life, in our lives, where we are deceived, that you would just bring it to light, God. We do not, <laughs> we do not want to be walking around believing that something that is wrong is right. So if an area comes to your mind, The Bible says, to repent and turn from our sins. So if something comes to mind, that's something to repent from. So if God's bringing that to you and, and whatever that area is, if it doesn't measure up to the standard of the Bible, then we need to adjust. We need to adjust. But I'll be honest with you guys. If an area came to your mind, you're not alone. We are all sinners in need of a savior. 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we think that we are perfect, man, we are deceiving ourselves. There was a time in my life I remember many, many, many years ago, I was like, God, you know, I think I've got this Christian thing all worked out. You know, I don't cuss. I don't do this, I don't do that. I think I've got it all pretty much worked out. And I really believe that. And I said, OK, so Lord, if there happens to be like just maybe one thing that I need to keep working on, could you just kind of reveal it to me? That's a dangerous prayer, by the way. And I did. I, I prayed that. And all of a sudden, God just brought to mind sin area after sin area after sin area after sin area in my life. because. Guys, I'm far from perfect. I was far from perfect then. Each one of us is far from the perfection of Jesus Christ. That's our standard. His life is our standard. And so at any point in our lives, God is working on something, but the good thing is he doesn't reveal it all to us at once because we would get you know discouraged and give up, right? I mean, I, I know that was a discouraging moment for me, but it but it also gave me kind of a work list. I'm going to, OK, I'm going to start working on these things. Reading on uh, to verse 9 of First John, it says, well, one one eight says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news, guys. That's the good news. The good news isn't necessarily that we're all sinners, you know? That's not necessarily the good news, but it's necessary. We need to understand and know that we are all sinners. The good news is that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And more than that, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, that's good news. I am so grateful that Jesus came to save me to purify me, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You can write this down. Repentance and confession are the spiritual tools that make our lives square and level again. Repentance and confession are the spiritual tools that make our lives square and level again. And that's point number two. We can avoid the destructive path by using a standard. I'm going to invite Rose to come up here and and finish up our service through a time of prayer. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.